Hey guys, how's it going? Um, I guess it's been about two weeks since the last time I recorded anything, so I'm a little behind the eight ball. But um, I guess what I'm just going to talk about today is why has it been two weeks? I said I want to kind of make sure I do one of these at least once a week, but had to take a week off, um, and that was because I had to do some traveling. Um, so what I did is I took a flight from Seattle to Phoenix and then rented a car. And the reason why I did that is because my mom lived in Phoenix and she's been wanting to come up here for some time. And so I flew down there, rented the big Suburban and picked her up, put all her shit in the car and her dog, and we drove 22 hours home up here in the great state of Washington. Well, not so great as of late, but still the great state of Washington. Now, why is she in Phoenix? She, obviously, I'm not from Phoenix. I'm not from Arizona. Um, she moved there shortly after I turned 18 in the year 2000, um, and she's been there for what, 21 years now. So she's been sick of it for some time. And um, in that time, you know, we've lost some contact, um, some kind of deep family kind of stuff going on there. I'm not going to get too involved in that. But, you know, once you go someplace, it's kind of like hard to get out. Um, she thought it was going to be better you know it's like one of those things is the grass is always greener on the other side type of thing so she left Spokane when I was 18 and moved to Phoenix permanently and in that time what about five six years later I met my wife and decided to move on the other side of the state to the Seattle area and you know in that time that last 20 years or so um you know, I would go, what, two, I think three years without even speaking to her, not even know what her phone number was, that type of stuff. So there's a lot of things that went on that can explain that, but you kind of get the gist of the idea. Um, so as of late, um, it's been about a few years now that uh, I think it was back in 2018 that I called her, I believe, you know, in the fall of 2018 and asked her if, if I, uh, if, if my wife and I, if we bought her a plane ticket, if she would like to come up and spend Christmas with us. And it's, um, we pretty much kind of rekindled our relationship and she's now gotten to know her grandkids better, um, got to know my wife better. And my wife and her get along very well. They they talk on the phone all the time, uh, multiple times a week type of thing. I'm not a big phone talker, so I'll talk to her maybe once a month briefly. But my communication with her now lately is pretty much uh, through my wife. But, you know, she got sick and tired of being down there, and I can understand why. Um, well, anybody who's been in the Phoenix or even just in the desert period... Um, the climate gets overbearing over time and you miss rain, you miss cloudy days, that type of stuff. Um, 
but also, you know, just the social economic climate down in Phoenix and um, amongst other things she was getting tired of. And she didn't have any family down there. Um, she really has nobody down there. And we're a very small family on my mom's side. And there's only a handful of us um, left. And so she had literally nobody down there. And she desperately wanted to come back up. So how that happened? Well, um, you know, most people, um, the vast majority of people in the country, you know, like you can't just pick up and move across country. It takes a lot of planning, a lot of time, a lot of saving. It's very expensive. And, you know, really this pandemic to my family has been some of a blessing in this regard because, you know, since the pandemic happened in 2020, she has now been working from home uh, remotely. And she, we kind of discussed her coming up and, you know, saving money and she's saving, but, you know, um, not everybody can save a bunch of money in one short time. It typically takes years to save up enough money to make a move like that. And, um, you know, she was speaking with her boss about um, working from home and uh, that sort of stuff. And they're bringing back, um, going back to the office uh, here and there. But in the meantime, the working from home was pretty much permanent. And so she had to meet with her boss about, you know, hey, um, is it going to be a permanent thing if she's able to permanently work from home? And her boss approved her to permanently work from home. And so she called excited um, that I think it was back in early October and said, hey, you know, my boss approved me to work from home permanently. And then my first thing was like, all right, great. Well, um, I guess you're ready to come up here and pack up your shit and let's go. And so we just did it on a whim. And she didn't have a lot of possessions, so it was really easy. Um, although, I tell you what, fucking rental cars and U-Hauls are insanely expensive. Um, I checked, I was like figuring, well, you know, I could get a, the smallest U-Haul and we'll drive up. And I'm glad I didn't, but literally all of her stuff she has, she got rid of a bunch, but... Um, we all fit it in the Suburban. Um, Suburbans are huge. You know, everybody has seen one. They can fit a lot of crap in it. So, and she didn't really need any furniture to bring up with her because um, uh, we have everything furnished for her where she's being, where she's staying. And so it wasn't a big deal. Just bring out, you know, get your most important stuff that you want, etc. You know, obviously the dog. And um, let's just get it done. So we did it. And... It was interesting. It was an interesting trip. Um, I've spent quite a bit of time down in the Phoenix area, and it's probably not the best city overall, you know, being so close to the border. A lot of cartel trafficking runs through there, etc. So it's not, I'm not a huge fan of the area. It's not a place that I would choose to raise a family. And so I really didn't want her there either because, like, she's getting older, and so if something happens, we're so far away. It's just... You know, she needs to be closer, um, you know, now that she's at this stage of her life. So the whole thing about 
the rental car. So the daily rate for the Suburban was like 120 bucks a day. But when you're driving a one-way distance, like from one city to another city multi across multiple states, they tack on a crap load of surcharges. And this goddamn car for three days cost, um, what was it, like $1,060. It was ridiculous. But, you know, like, well, you think U-Haul you can get for like 20 bucks a day, right? Well, that's in town. When you take a U-Haul one way across states and all that, the U-Haul ended up being like 1100 and something. It was actually more expensive to rent a shitty U-Haul than it would be this freaking awesome brand new Suburban. I picked this thing up from the airport. It had nine miles on it, like literally brand new. And it was pretty cool. Um, but I really don't like the technology with some of these cars now. I like... I'm really big on like manual stuff. I just more it's just more textile. It's just you know it's I don't know everything's just, everything's push button now. So the new suburban. So like in my truck, I have a gear shifter. It's an automatic, but it's a shifter. You bring it from park to drive, etc. And then um, last summer we took a trip um, to Kauai, and we rented a expedition. Uh, to make sure we had plenty of room for all of our luggage and stuff like that. And in the Ford Expeditions, it literally has a dial knob to switch from park to drive to reverse, etc. I hated that. Well, in the Suburban, it doesn't have a knob. It literally has these little push buttons next to the radio um, that you just pull up and it puts it in drive or puts it in reverse. And I thought that was kind of weird. I'm like, geez, this is what's going to not even gear shifters anymore. Um, so I thought that was kind of weird. The other thing I think that was weird too, is that I literally couldn't put the car in drive unless I had my seatbelt on. And I'm one of those people, you know, you kind of, you're, you're in the parking lot, you, you know, put it in drive and then you kind of put your seatbelt on kind of simultaneously. It won't even let you do that. And those damn beeping sensors. I mean, most cars have the beeping sensors, but this one, we went a bit further on it, is that it had the front and rear sensors, so it would beep at you, but what it also do is vibrate the ass of the seat. So I was like, what the fuck is that? That was kind of weird. But it literally, we we packed up, we left around 9 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Um, my plan was to get from Phoenix to Twin Falls, Idaho um, that night. It's about a 12-hour drive which is a lot. It's crazy. The first I've ever driven at one time is um, from the Seattle area to Reno. But I figured, yeah, let's just knock this thing out in two days. Um, that way, you know, I, I took a few days off afterwards and we kind of recover, etc. Getting lagged from the long drive. Well, we didn't really get that far. It seemed like it seemed like it took forever to get from Phoenix to the Nevada border up by uh, Highway 93, I believe it is. Um, where it goes towards Las Vegas. So pretty much Phoenix to Las Vegas, up through the eastern state, eastern part of the state of Nevada to Twin Falls, which is in the southeastern part of the state, over to Boise, Idaho, cut through Oregon, um, and then up into the tri-cities of Kennewick and uh, Washington, um, through Yakima, up over the mountain passes. So that was kind of the, the road trip route type of thing. So the first day, you know, getting getting the fuck out of the state of Arizona just seemed like it took 
twice as long to get out of the state of Arizona than it did to drive the entire state of Nevada. I don't know what it is, but it just seemed like forever. I mean, we would stop every couple hours or whatnot, kind of stretch our legs for about, you know, 10 minutes. But we, uh, one thing that I did want to stop and see is the Hoover Dam, because on the state route of uh, 93 is the Hoover Dam, which is, um, pretty cool. I mean, it's cool to see it in person. You always see pictures of it, but I kind of wanted to catch a glance in person, but we were also in a hurry. So I didn't realize this, but the Hoover Dam is actually when you're driving on the highway, um, you actually have to take an exit to drive down to where the dam is at. You can drive over the dam, <clears throat> but you have to take an exit and everything. There are tons of people there that had this huge parking garage away from the dam where you have to go park in a parking garage and walk all the way down to the dam and they have all these little sites and all that. But it was just like, I didn't think it would be such a huge touristy thing than it was. So I was kind of surprised about that, but it was really, it was really cool just to see it in person. Um, we didn't get out of the car because there's really no way to get out of the car when you go up to the dam besides go park in the parking garage. And we had the dog with us. We're on a time crunch. So we're trying to like, yeah, let's take just get a glimpse of it and then be on our way. So we we did that and then drove up um, to Las Vegas, stopped and got uh, filled up the tank, uh, gas tank in Las Vegas, which I've been to Vegas one time before. I'm not a huge person like you know, going to Vegas for vacation. It was just like, go there to go there once. And, you know, that's Vegas is Vegas. So, I mean, it's not very impressive to me, but yeah, whatever. It's kind of cool to actually drive through the entire city than just to see it from, you know, overhead in the airplane and then go to the airport, drive to the strip, stay on the strip and then go out. Cause uh, Vegas is actually quite a bit bigger than it looks like. Um, and what I noticed when I was in Las Vegas uh, with my wife for a few days and we're just doing like a, you know, husband, wife type of getaway type of thing for three days is that when you get off the strip, like it looked like shit, you know, just like a dust bowl. But when I drove through it this time, which I was driving from, oh, I guess the southeastern part. And then the strip was way off in the background. And I seen like downtown Vegas and all that in the neighborhoods. It's actually quite a bit nicer than I assumed it was. So, by this time, we're back on the road, um, just got the gas and all that. And then I'm thinking to myself, it's like 2 o'clock. Um, I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to make it to Twin Falls. We The night before, we stayed up until 3 o'clock in the morning just bullshitting. And I was getting to know the dog because the dog is very protective over her. And so, you know, we had some drinks and all that. And so we just kind of lost track of time. And all of a sudden we looked at the clock and it was three o'clock in the morning. And then this was like shit. So I'm so fucking tired. It was like delirious. And uh, so um, we stopped. What We drove a couple hours out of Las Vegas, stopped at a, re at a gas station, used the bathroom, whatever. And I'm like thinking to myself... And I was telling my mom, I was like, I don't know, I think maybe we should find some place to stop um, overnight. Because um, I don't think we're making it to Twin Falls. Because the GPS was saying that we weren't going to get to Twin Falls until like 10.30 at night. Because um, we were planning on leaving at 7 a.m. We ended up leaving at like a hair over 9 a.m. And uh, so we were a couple hours behind schedule. So we found a place in Nevada 
um, called Ely, uh, E-L-Y. And we decided to, um, we found a, a hotel there that, or a motel or whatever you want to call it um, to stop overnight there. And so and that was like another four hours away. So we didn't get there until like, like six something in the evening. But one thing I did notice though, is that Nevada, I knew there wasn't a whole lot of cities in Nevada. You got like Reno, Carson, Vegas, that is on the kind of Western side of the state down to the Southern tip. But Eastern Nevada is so, I, I honestly haven't seen an area so sparse in my entire life um, where you can just drive for an, uh, hours and you're, there's just nothing. It's just vast nothing. It's not a house, not a, not anything. Um, huge cattle, cattle ranches, I'm assuming, because there's a lot of cattle uh, fences and grates and things of that nature, but just vast nothingness of just desert which was kind of cool um to drive through and all that but yeah it was interesting so um we get to ely um it hit nighttime and when we start driving and i'm talking about when it's pitch black it is pitch black it was uh pretty weird not a light and not a light around for miles and miles and miles and uh so we finally get in the Ely. What I thought was kind of funny about Ely and these little towns that we would um, pass through through Nevada is that everything is a casino. <laughs> they have slot machines and these like gas station stops. Um, this town, Ely, was actually kind of a cool little town. Real small town, about 4,000 people. Um, has a little uh, small main street and with some like really old cool looking buildings like from the turn of the century type of thing. And, but they're all like little casinos that you can go to. And so we stopped, the where we stayed at was called the Jailhouse Motel uh, and Hotel. So they had like a, a main building where they had a casino and hotel rooms. And then they had a, another little spot off the side across the street where it was a motel because it's all outdoor access. So we stopped there and cool little place. Um, we went and had dinner uh, at the restaurant and in the restaurant, all their booths are actually have like little uh, um, like jail cell bars up kind of like you know jail everything's jailhouse themed and uh, I didn't know it but the reason why is because where it's located was the actual the original city hall of the town which you know little towns like that the city hall they also have like a city jail there and, and things of that nature so it was pretty cool but um so we decided, okay, well, what we're going to do is, you know, we're another um, 13 hours away from the house. So we're going to get up at 4.30 in the morning, be on the road by 5, and then that way we can get in, you know, uh, you know, probably get home around 7. And um, the whole time, you know, Arizona is a mountain time and they don't, they don't fall back. They don't spring forward they always stay consistently so you know here you know here in washington we are on um, pacific time so we fell back the week before where mountain time arizona did not now the other issue that was fucking us up is that the entire time we would lose cell reception then get it back then lose it then getting back and so the time kept changing it'd be like 3 30 then i'm driving all of a sudden it's 4 30 and then back to 3 30 well the funny thing was is that my mom's location on her phone was still on mountain time 
but my my phone updated and it was on Pacific time. And uh, so we we're like really confused on really what time it was. And uh, so depending upon what part of the state, you'd be on Pacific, but then you take, you would drive off the highway and go a little more east and all of a sudden you're on mountain time and then you go back. So Ely is on Pacific time, but then like literally you drive an hour and it's mountain time again. Um, so we decided to get up at four thirty, and, uh, you know, we kind of conk out, it's like nine thirty at night or whatever. And so I'm like, all right, cool. I'll get about, you know, seven hours of sleep. I'll feel rested and all that from, you know, the night before and all the driving, not getting you know, only a few hours of sleep the night before. And I set my alarm and all that and like, okay, good night. And then literally the next morning I wake up to my mom saying, Brandon, it's, it's, it's four 30. I'm like, Oh shit. All right, cool. And I'm like, well, why didn't my alarm go off? Like I totally set my alarm. That's weird. It's been plugged, you know, it's, it's fully charged. I have reception, et cetera. Right. Well, her phone was stuck on mountain time. So we actually got up at three 30 or yeah, three o'clock in the morning and or three 30, where the hell it was. Um, and so we lost another hour of sleep. So we're like still dog tired. And then we get in the car and, you know, all that stuff. But we thought it was pretty funny that we really didn't know what time it was because we were just like going back and forth in two different time zones, which was kind of weird. It's kind of like a twilight zone type of feeling. But so, yeah, we, we got on the road early in the dark and then finally the sun came up, which was awesome. As soon as the sun came up, it was actually sea because when you're that far out in the wilderness like that, I mean, the entire time I'm driving up over these like mountain passes and stuff like where we're hitting in eastern nevada you know we're hitting like altitudes of like 60 700 feet and then dropping down and going back up but it doesn't really feel like you are you're just kind of slowly going up but literally every you know few miles all i'm seeing is you know deer crossing elk crossing you know just this crossing that crossing cattle crossing so and it's pitch black so i'm like have my eyes pierced out because i don't want to freaking hit a deer and you know the number one rule of thumb is that if you got a deer in the road you don't slam on your brakes you just follow through with it because when people die from you know hitting a deer it's typically because they slam on their brakes and they you know take a hoof to the take a hoof to the dome and you know crack their skull open so i was pretty nervous about that so once the sun finally started coming up i could you know get in daylight it was a lot more relaxing uh drive so we got the twin falls idaho stop for a quick minute and i literally the entire town of twin falls smells like a cattle ranch and those that don't know what a cattle ranch smells like it means that it smells like cow shit everywhere um <laughs> it was funny um there's some cow, like quite a, like tons of cattle ranches everywhere around, but I don't know what what it is if it's if it if it is actually from the ranches or do like have a paper mill there because I know paper mills can make that smell too, etc. I have no idea, but we finally uh, got uh, into Washington at I don't know right before I don't know it's probably about three thirty or so. Um, we crossed the Oregon Washington state line into the Tri Cities Kennewick, and then uh, Pastor Yakima got to the Cascade Mountain Pass on I 90 right when dusk was hitting. And I knew it was going to be raining because as soon as he hit that pass, it's just um, because of the mountains and the cold, it, since Western Washington's on the coast, and then you have this Cascade Mountain Pass there. 
Um, a lot of the storm systems coming off the coast, they get trapped. And that's the reason why a lot of Western, a lot of Western Washington gets a ton of rain. And uh, the other side of the mountains is all desert um, because it just traps the, the, the moisture. And so as soon as we get the past, I mean, it was just flooding rain. I mean, it was so bad that um, you had a hard time seeing the speed limit, 70 miles an hour, but people are going like 50 because it was raining that hard. But uh, we made it. Um, we got home around seven o'clock and um, yeah, everything went good. She's here now. Um, she's back at work. I took some days off. She took some days off and just kind of getting the swing of things, just getting the grind of things. And um, yeah, um, she's a dog that I already mentioned before. She's 13. So she's an old gray face, 13 year old dog, but she's a sweetie and uh, she's very lovable. Uh, when I first met her, she bit my ankle and out around my jeans and was like, Trrr. and uh, being all ferocious because she's, you know, again, super protective of her mom, but totally understandable. That's what dogs are supposed to do. But she warmed up to me probably, eh, probably within 10 minutes. She was uh, sitting with me trying to lick my face. So um, we're all glad to have her up here finally and it just kind of a you know go from there we got to proceed you know i was telling her and my wife was telling her just you know you have an opportunity and it just you need to shit or get off the pot about it you just have to do it you got to pull the trigger um this kind of one of those things like you can be nervous about it you you're taking a risk but you have it has to be one of those things you have to you have to ha show some show some courage and take a risk because it's the only time things are going to pay off for you. If you always play it safe, nothing's going to change. So anyway, um, I have some other ideas of stuff I want to talk about in other episodes, but <clears throat> excuse me, I have today's Tuesday, what, November 23rd, tomorrow's the 24th. So we actually have my wife's cousin and her kids coming up for Thanksgiving. It's kind of a, an annual uh, Thanksgiving tradition with us for the last quite a few years. And um, we typically only see them once a year. So they come up and stay with us for a, a few days over the Thanksgiving um, so we can sit down and uh, have some turkey or whatnot. This year we're going to have some uh, also some ribs because we decided to kind of change it up a little bit. But so I have some other topics I want to talk about, but I do have our front mutual friend. Um, he is going to be here as well. He's coming up from, they're all coming up from the Portland area. And I want to get his, so his take on some things too. So I'm going to try to coerce him and to sitting down with me and, and having a conversation. And it's kind of funny because sometimes it, podcasting to me, um, since I've been doing this, I'm kind of almost like talking into the ether. I'm talking to myself. So sometimes I just feel like I have these ideas I want to get out, but I get kind of lost in it. Whereas if I'm sitting down and actually having a conversation with somebody, it's going to be a lot more dynamic and interesting and actually get the things that I want to say out or, you know, I want to kind of profess about, you know, topics type of thing. So I'm slowly learning how to get a little bit better at it. And I feel like I'm getting a little bit better at it. But I think it's just going to take a long time and a lot of fucking practice. You know, that that old um, saying where, you know, mastery is that, that 10,000 hour rule. Well, the only thing I have 10,000 hours in is in plumbing. Um, <laughs> and that's about it. So 
Uh, got a long ways to go to get 10,000 hours of doing this, but hopefully um, it progresses. It's just like a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. So for those listening, for those downloading, I do really appreciate it. Stick in there with me. Um, I hope you find it interesting. And I, I, I kind of like I knock on myself a lot about it because I feel like it sucks and it probably does. But I just want to kind of keep at it and keep getting better. So um, thanks for listening. And um, again, um, you want to contact me, uh, follow the math at gmail.com. All right, guys. Have a good night.